0: Welcome to Croxley Green Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Thank you, Michelle, for reading to us so well today. So, here we go. I found, I think worship's a funny old thing, don't you? Um, We all have our favourite song. I love that song we just sung. I learnt it at uh, New Year, Christmas time, when I was up in Scotland. Every giant will fall. Uh, And it's become one of my firm favourites now uh, in terms of worship. Um, But we all have our favourite songs, our favourite style of music. Um, There are different things that we particularly like about worship. But worship is far more than a tune, um, or even an attempt at a tune in my case. It's more than what comes out of our mouths, it's what's in our hearts that matter. And that passage uh, speaks very clearly about that. I also think it's quite funny that um, when we were planning this series, uh, the one on worship falls to the worst singer in the ministry team, if not the whole church. Um, I'm not quite sure how we did that, but there we go. But we know that it doesn't matter to God what we sound like. Uh, He's not interested if we've got perfect pitch or if we're tone deaf. Uh, God cares about the worship that is in our heart. That is what matters to God. That is what he is looking for uh, in our lives today. Quite a few years ago now, I took a group um, of young people to a worship event over at Soul Survivor. And this particular one sticks in my mind and you'll see why uh, in a moment. Soul Survivor is is great because it's big. I think, Uh, you can be really anonymous there uh, and you can be kind of lost in the crowd a little bit. It's also good because it's loud and so for someone like me who can't sing, it's great because no one can hear you sing uh, because it's so loud. Or at least that's what I thought. Um, I was there with this group and there were three of us all lined up kind of in a row um, and I, it was, we were at the back on the left, and it's really stuck in my mind, because I remembered all the details about this. I was at the back on the left, and I was on the left-hand side, and then Ellie was in the middle, and then Sam was on the other side, on the right. Now, unfortunately for Ellie, neither Sam nor I uh, could sing, um, but it was a great, nice night of, night of worship, and we were belting out uh, those worship songs with our hearts. We were really going for it. And, uh, This meant for poor old Ellie, uh, she was subject to virtually two tone-deaf worshippers in stereo on either side of her. Um, It wasn't long uh, before she found some other tuneful friends to be with. Um, But that night stuck in my mind because I was able to pour out my heart in worship, badly by human standards, yes, uh, but I was lifted to something else by worshipping in that way and being free enough uh, to worship. I found myself almost having something else to believe in, another place uh, to believe in, somewhere where I felt connected to God that I wasn't before I started worshipping. That opportunity to worship God and do it so freely uh, was good. Now, I need to confess, uh, it did reach a point where Sam and I knew that we were annoying Ellie and so we kind of did it even more. So we were a little bit naughty, um, but um, we were involved in and, and part of that worship. I think worship in its purest form should give us somewhere to believe in, a place, a God space uh, that is not bound up by all the human things and not by the things of this world, but is wrapped up in the heavenly realm. It's this other place or this other person that leads us uh, to Jesus. We are able uh, to meet with Jesus in our worship. And it's this other place that Jesus knew about that enabled him to resist the devil in the desert. Jesus was given all the things of the world, and yet he believed that there was somewhere better than all of the things of the world, that there was nothing more important than worshipping God. He knew that with his whole heart, and he was able to do that, even when tempted with the whole world, if he just bowed down and worshiped to the devil. Now, to help us explore that, I want us to look at worship and where it does take us to another place. It allows us to place maybe the worries and fears that we have, the worries around the current situation with the coronavirus and other worldly concerns that can often occupy our minds so much um, that we forget who we are worshiping. We forget that nothing is impossible for God. We forget just how great he is sometimes. Worship is the key, I think, to helping us navigate the life, particularly when life is difficult prayer is important but worship allows us to transport ourselves to this other place and i'm going to try and unpack that a little bit uh, this morning with three points we need to live in the light i believe that when we worship we are drawn from the darkness to the light when we let go when we let our souls express how they truly feel whether it be in song or words or actions or contemplation, we naturally find ourselves being turned from darkness to light. A while ago, um, we decided we needed to replace the lights in our kitchen. Uh, We had some of those little tiny spotlights and they kept blowing and it was just a nightmare. So we we decided to get them. And my father-in-law advised me on these LED strip lights that he said are really good because they're really, you know, they're good for the environment. They have less energy emissions or whatever it is. um, And, you know, they're they're good solid light and it's really good for a kitchen uh, environment. So I thought, oh, great, okay, we'll get some of those LED strip lights and we'll put them in. And uh, you know, I I, I was quite chuffing myself that I managed to do that actually. Um, But anyway, we got them installed and um, what we didn't realise is that the one my father-in-law had at his house um, and the ones that he recommended only had one strip of LED lights in the box. Mine had two. I'd brought the wrong ones basically and I'd fitted them before I'd even realised and I wasn't gonna take them off again. Uh, It was hard enough getting them up, so that was it. So there were two strips in each of these LED lights, not just the one. So when we turned them on, it was a little bit of a shock when the light kind of dazzled us. Bear in mind, we'd gone from spotlights that barely worked um, and so it was always quite dim in our kitchen to proper floodlit commu- uh, lighting. And uh, it was winter, so it was even worse, I think. And in fact, the first morning when I came down, uh, I, I went down to make my cup of tea and without even thinking, I just sort of went, switched the light on and almost was like, whoa, I cannot see. It was, I was in so, so much shock. And that's the thing about light. It takes a while for us to adjust to it. If we spend our lives in the darkness, we can't easily see in the light at first. But even with those bright lights, after a while, uh, admittedly it does take a while with these lights, my eyes adjust and I can see again uh, from these lights. In fact, human beings, we are made for it. Our eyes need light in order to be able to see. The absence of light means we cannot see no light there is no sight and i think this is the same with our worship when we have no spiritual light in our lives we have no spiritual sight to see where we are worshipping and who we are worshipping when we lock ourselves away from god cut out the spiritual light as it were um, we get lost in the darkness even though we've been made for the light the thing is in our world uh, there's so many things that can drown us out, uh, there are so many things that can attract us to other places, there are other lights that might seem appealing, things that we think oh yes I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there because that looks good, when in reality it isn't, and we need that wisdom that comes from God to know where is the light really shining in our lives, where do we need to be in our lives at the moment. Jesus knew when he was tempted exactly where his light was coming from. It was coming from God and he knew that the things of the earth were not what he should be worshipping. The devil was not who he should be worshipping, but the true source of light was the one he should worship. Now, I remember watching a film many years ago called A Bug's Life. I think most of you will probably have seen it or know about it. Um, I'm gonna hope this works this time because last time at 9.15, it didn't work. But basically, there's this scene where uh, a fly is flying towards a light and we'll see if this works. It's a very short clip, I will admit. Um, In that scene, this fly sees this beautiful light and thinks, I'm going to go towards that, but it was a fake light. It wasn't even a real light. It was there specifically to kill the fly. That was its sole purpose in life. And it is so easy sometimes to get distracted and go towards the wrong kind of light, to be drawn to places that are not the light of God that we should be. It might seem good. It might seem beautiful, but the truth is, if it's not of God, then it is not where we need to be. If we are to have this spiritual resilience, then we must keep drawing ourselves closer to Jesus, to the true light of the world, to the one who calls us to live differently. And when we move closer to his light, we discover uh, that there is somewhere that we can believe in, a place that we can worship and, ref- and, and then shine that light out into the world. So we need to use wisdom, head towards the light, but making sure that that light is the light of God, not the light of this world. The other thing that we need to do is that we need to make sure that we are filled with the spirit. Now, you have probably heard this lots before in church. You've probably talked about it a lot. So I'm going to show you an experiment that may or may not work, um, but we'll give it a go. Um, uh, just to show you what it might look like to be filled with the spirit. And... Um, you, as I say, I needed another table, I didn't think this yes. through. Um, so, I've got my cup, I'm on aren't I? Yes, you can hear me. I've got my cup and um, I'm okay. going to fill it with this um, rocks. Now, is that full? Yeah, no. Some of you saying yes. Some of you saying no. You're very wise, aren't you? Hedging your bets. In one sense, it is full. I can't fit any more rocks in without it being overflowing. It is full. But um, it's all right. Everyone else is away. It's fine. I'll get away with it. But you see, I bet you I can get this cup of sand in here as well. Although the wa- rocks are wet. Never mind. There we go. So we said that some of you said the cup was full. No it wasn't, because I got that sand in, didn't I? Not quite all of it, but most of it. Is it now full? You know where I'm going, don't you? (laughs) There we go. This is where it probably goes. There we go. This was a pint of water. It's now not a pint. It's down there, but if we pour this in slowly, you can see I'm still able to get more water. (laughs) But it's going down. You can't see this. But that water is going down, albeit a bit slowly. Um, there are bubbles coming up because air is escaping. I'll give it a bit of a shake. I should be able to get some more water in. So this cup, when we first filled it with rocks, in one sense was full. But then we filled it with sand. And again, it's sea full And now I'm filling it with water. Uh, and it really is starting to get full. It's still bubbling away. So there's still more space in that, just shake. You have to do it carefully, otherwise you make a mess. A bit still Still, filling up. There's still room in there. I reckon if I leave that... If I leave that a bit... I reckon a bit later... Oh, it's all gone about the arm. Oh. Oh. If I leave that, that will continue... Um. Anyway... Um, it's a simple illustration. It, the cup was full of stones, yet then it was, there was room for some sand, and then there was actually room for water as well. When we fill our lives with the spirit, it's amazing how much of the spirit we can have inside our lives. Because the truth is, our lives get filled with stuff, don't they? Some of it's good stuff, and some of it's bad stuff. Oh, it's gone down, it's brilliant. I'll put more in there. Still going down. Um, we can put stuff in our lives we can fill it with stones things that might seem precious might seem important but maybe they aren't but even when we fill our lives with things that are not of God the spirit has a way of moving and getting itself inside us but if we start taking out some of those stones we can have more of God's spirit within us Being filled with the Spirit means that we need to have that living water that Jesus offered, filling our lives. Not the rocks and the sand and the, the stuff that represents the things of this world, but the stuff of God. Now, it was never truly full, that cup, with the rocks. And it's the same with our lives. If we fill our lives with things that are not of God, then we can never be fully full of God. But we need that spirit in us, we need it. So I wanna encourage you uh, to empty out the rocks of your life and replace it with the living water that Jesus offers each and every single one of us. Then, when we have that living water inside of us, the spirit of God dwelling within us, then we can worship God with our whole heart and with our whole mind. Now, right now, I think it's quite a difficult time for many of us we're worried we're concerned we're anxious about our health and the health of others we've got the coronavirus we're still learning what it means to live in a post Brexit Britain our society is being fragmented and divided by extreme political views it's not an easy time I think to give thanks to God but in giving thanks to God we put things in the right perspective. It helps us to see that there is still good in our world. A few years ago, uh, for Lent, I tried my best, and I am absolutely rubbish at journaling, but I tried my best to do a journal, um, and it was a gratitude journal. Some of you might have done one of these before, uh, some of you might not have done, but for, for Lent, what I tried to do was record something for every day that I was grateful for, something that happened that I felt I wanted to say thank you to God for now as I say I am pretty rubbish at doing these sorts of things um, but I found it really helpful because most days there was something to be grateful for even though it was difficult and it was a difficult time for me because I had not recent, not that long ago lost my mum and it was quite hard to be thankful in that situation but As each day went by, and as each time I thought, what can I be thankful for today? It helped me put that perspective back in the right place. And sometimes it was as simple as the perfect cup of tea. Have you ever had the perfect cup of tea? Or coffee, if that's what you like. When you get the milk just right, you get the strength of the tea bag spot on and the water is perfectly at the right temperature and you drink it all without interruptions at the right pace. It doesn't happen very often, I've discovered, uh, particularly once you have children, but there we go. Um, That perfect cup of tea sometimes made all the difference. And actually, I was grateful for that because, you know, that was what got me through that particular day. Or maybe it was something that went well at work or maybe it was uh, just a simple hug from my wife. Those things made a difference to how I viewed the world. Each time I was giving thanks to God... I found myself believing that I could be, that there was somewhere better than where I was right now, that there was somewhere where God was and that there was something good about that. Giving thanks to God helps us to put our our focus where it needs to be, even if it is for the small things, even if it is for the little things that happen in your day giving worship is giving thanks and giving thanks is worship the both come uh, come together and when we do that that gives us strength i certainly found the strength to be able to worship god when we worship uh, and when we give thanks to god it's almost like we're pressing pause on our lives we're saying okay at the moment i've got this going on but you know what right now i'm going to give thanks to god i'm going to look to jesus and once I've done that, I'm going to go back to my life, press play again. And I'm, the things that were, that were there before are still there. Nothing's changed about that situation. But now I know I'm not alone because I've gone to God. I've given thanks for what I've got. And now I feel like I have the strength to do this with Jesus walking alongside me. Our spiritual resilience in worship comes when we live in the light of Christ And when we are filled by the Spirit of God and when we give thanks to our Father in heaven. When we do this above all other things in our world then we are worshipping the Lord our God and we are serving him only. Now in the light of uh, this moment and with the coronavirus I wanted to add something this morning. Our passage speaks about how uh, as people of the light, as Christians, That one of our fruits is goodness. One of our fruits is doing good. In one of my Bible readings this morning, I had this passage from Hebrews 13. It said, And do not forget to do good, to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. God is pleased when our worship is worked out in doing good and sharing with others. In the light of that and our reading today, I want to encourage us, if we're able to, to reach out, to do good, uh, and to share with those who may be isolated or lonely or sick. Maybe it's just a phone call or a card through the door, or maybe an offer to pop to the shops uh, for someone who isn't able to go. In doing this, we start to take our worship seriously, living it 24/7, not just here in this space, but taking it from here and putting it out in the world. Worship isn't just what we do here on a Sunday. It's what we do in our lives every single minute. Our very being needs to be about worship. It's about a state of mind and a way of life. And we as a church, I think, need to live out that passage together. Uh, separately uh, together when we're here sorry when we worship when we are able to gather but also when we go go out our own ways when we're separated from one another we can still find ways to worship God by doing good by caring and by giving thanks to God for what opportunities and making the most of every opportunity that we have when we do that then we start to see uh, God's worship moving from this place out into our world now, you might not feel that you can do that, that you can offer to go to the shops. You might get isolated um, yourself, you might be sick, you might not be able to go. But there are things we can do. And uh, this week, the BU produced a set of prayers. Uh, that people can use to pray for the situation around coronavirus. And uh, there's copies of them at the back. They're a printed sheet. Um, I haven't been able to format it into a fancy thing. It's just a list of prayer points. But if you uh, would like to to take one of those and pray, I think that would be a great way of taking our worship from here and thinking about other people, not just ourselves. We're going to, in a moment, uh, move into worship. I think uh, worship and and communion. I think communion is a place where we believe in things. It's a place where we believe that these simple, uh, ordinary things, bread and wine, um, take us to somewhere special. Because they symbolise something far greater than we can imagine. It is just bread and wine, but actually there is much more to this. So we're going to sing before we come and take communion. I'll explain how we're doing it and uh, myself and Anna are going to serve communion we're just going to pop out and wash our hands before we uh, take communion and lead you in that so uh, I'll hand over to Paul